Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So this morning, I'm going to do something very practical. I want to talk to you this morning about how to hear the voice of God. Now, um, some of you are good at this. Some of us, it comes easier, and some of, it, it come, some of us, it comes harder. You know, it's like, um, so I want to address some of that, and I want to take you through some of my own journey to help you understand. I was probably the most, you know how you, in high school you get the least likely to whatever, or is that most likely to succeed? Well, I was the least likely to ever hear the voice of God. <laughs> You had the girl with, you know, taking shots before class. That was me. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, high school, remember that? High school was such a weird time. Uh, anyway. So um, I'm going to talk to you about seven ways. There are seven ways to hear the voice of God. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, but first, before I do this, um, this, I want you to know that the entire purpose of Jesus dying on the cross is that he could talk to his people so he can connect with us. Well, how do we know that? Well, you can look in his word. Um, Acts 2 chapter 17, when Peter describes what's happening when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, he actually said it's all about God talking. When he said this, 217 he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, meaning repeating what he says. Well, you can't repeat it if you can't hear it, right? Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, those don't actually all apply to those categories. It means basically that everyone Young and old, men and women, are going to hear from God. They're going to see God's face and see what God is doing, and they are going to repeat those things on the earth. So when Jesus died, he tore the veil, right? He tore the veil from heaven to earth so that, uh, that heaven could now come down to earth in the form of words, So in the beginning, there was a sound. There were letters, Hebrew letters, that came echoing out of the voice of God. And these letters were vowels and consonants. And they came together to form everything. And those, those words are still available, and they're hanging like fruit on a tree, ready for those who are going to go out and begin to pull them off of the tree and eat them so that we will be nourished and our land will begin to look like heaven right? How do we know if we're doing it right? Because the Lord said that we will be fruitful and that our fruit will remain, meaning that the, that, that, that the words that we're pulling down from heaven, 
actually are going to co-create with God and create his reality, not just in our lives, but in our families, in our work, in our city, in our nation, then we will take dominion through repeating what God has said. It's all about prophecy, which is why this is so critical to our very existence and, and, and fulfilling God's promises and the things that he has not only spoken to us, but commanded us to go forth and do his will. Because his will is his words, and his words will pave a way for your future. But a lot of times, because we don't understand it, we don't understand that the word is not just entertainment. Because people will come running, and they're like, I want a prophecy, I want a prophecy. This is good. This is right. We should all desire to hear the word of the Lord, especially in whatever kind of season that we're in. It's like, I need a fresh word from the Lord. And you know if you need a fresh word from the Lord. But I will tell you something, beloved. You will need less words to be prophesied to you if you will spend more time with the one whose voice will echo through you. Because he will be telling you all of the things that somebody else will just merely come and confirm. By the voice of one or two, it shall be established within us. This is how we're called to live, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. It's like, how many times do I have to tell you? He kind of tricked us and got us to repeat that for the first 2,000 years. And then we we're like, oh, wait, we're not actually supposed to say that. We're actually supposed to do it. <clears throat> okay. So within this, within this word track, within this beautiful symphony, this poetry, this romance is this intimate connection with God. It's a place where he says, don't hide from me. I already know who you are. I already know what your deal is. I know what's going on in your heart. I know what's going on in your life. I know the bridges that you have burned. I know the walls that you have built around yourself. And I'm not afraid to come in there and begin to deal with all of that so that you become vulnerable, transparent, which in turn makes you dangerous. Because when we stop caring about self-protecting, we get bold as a lion. <clears throat> it's like being drunk. You know when you get drunk in the spirit? <clears throat> a drunk man is bold, right? But the same thing happens when we allow the Holy Spirit to tear at the, not tear in a bad way, but to pull down all of those places within us that keep us from being vulnerable. Like no longer do we have to kind of think about what we're going to say. We just say it because we're so confident about who we are in Christ. And we're like, God was having a good day when he made me. Amen. <laughs> and you can say that and really mean it. 
vulnerable and transparent, where we surrender our way for his way, our thoughts for his thoughts, and our plans for his plans. See, God doesn't want to just impart information to us, right? He's not AI. He's not artificial intelligence. He's not there like Google to give us information. This is not a book of information. This actually is, is a man. And, and he's still writing stories within each one of us. So Jesus is still alive, and the seed of Christ is still alive in the land, germinating through you. And so you are, Jesus, still walking in your flesh and your personality and your body, but he's fulfilling his story through your story. Does that make sense? But as we surrender to our own thinking, because I tell you what, I used to, and still deal with this today, even though I know it. I still deal with the whole, wait, I'm going to ask you about everything. Because, you know, there's a certain level of confidence that I'm, you know, not a complete idiot. But then I, then I find out that I kind of am. Because <clears throat> I'm like, oh, I didn't ask you about that. And I did it. And I ended up getting myself into trouble. So, so, He's like, yeah, it's better to ask me on the front end so then we don't have to have the cleanup project because that takes more time and it kind of, you know, and then it wears you out and it costs you money, right, or whatever. And uh, so it comes at a price. (sighs) Jesus spoke about the availability of the voice of the Father with pouring out his spirit. I'll refer to him as the talker. It's like the Holy Spirit is a woman. God is, and the Father is a man. I'm just, it's not true, but I'm just saying, you know, that's the personality of a woman. Like I was asking somebody, my son-in-law, about something that was pretty important. And I said, how did it go? And he goes, good. And my daughter chimed in and she said, okay, let me tell you exactly. She told you all of the details of exactly what happened. And I said, okay, that's really what I was looking for. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit is the talker. John chapter 16, verse 13 says this. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you the things which are to come. Praise God for that. So I don't have to work so hard. So I have to tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me recently. I was driving in my car, and I was kind of, um, you you know how when you have a lot to do, when you kind of get in that panic place, and you're like, oh, if it's going to be, it's up to me, you know, kind of thing. And it's not that we intentionally do that, but also we take on personal responsibility for a lot of stuff, and that puts us in kind of this panic zone. And then you start to not really perform. When you start to overthink and overperform or try to overperform, that's when you stop performing. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but that happens to me. So um, I was driving in my car, and I was kind of having one of those days where I had a lot to get done. And, and so my future's standing out here in front of me, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to do it. And the Lord broke in, and he said, Tracy, what does – he said, did you – let me get it right. He said, did you know there's a formula in my Bible – for not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit. And I was like, really? 
Math. Math. God's talking to me about math. That's awesome. And so he said, I want you to look up the story of Gideon's army. Now tell me, how many men in his army did he start off with? Very good. 32,000. How many men did he end up with? 300. And he said, okay, how much is 300 of 32,000? Less than 1%. And so I said, less than 1%, Lord. And he said, yeah, that's how much I need your help. I was like, okay. But it's true. For some reason, we really believe that we need to get involved. We just need to get out of the way and let God be God. Let him do what he loves to do because he's really good at it. We just have to listen and we have to hear. All right. So here's what goes on in heaven. Are you ready? It's the truth. Here's what goes on in earth. Facts. You got the facts. Here's all the facts. You can look at them and you, you can say, this Bible is black. But in heaven, this Bible may be a multiple, uh, a whole bunch of different colors combined together to make black. I don't know. But there is a truth or, or, or in, 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 you may have a broken leg and that's a fact. But in heaven, there are no broken legs. And so in heaven, it doesn't have the same. So the realities are different. And, and so to, to, so you have heaven, you have earth. Well, here's what happens. The kingdom lives in between these two. And so there's a way called the kingdom, and it's a system that we have to operate in in order to bring heaven to the earth, okay? The system of the kingdom is not the system of the earth. We were never called to operate in the system of the earth because the system of the earth is a limited, finite system, whereas the system of the kingdom is infinite, It has no limitations, and that's where more than you can hope or imagine lives so that we can live these incredibly abundant lives, and people will be going, so tell me again about your God, because I don't see you ever stressed out or worried, but you're always making a lot of money, and um, you always miraculously pay your bills, and your children are never sick, and in the days to come, they're going to be saying, how is it you guys are never go hungry and you don't have, uh, you're, you're not without food? And you're like, let us introduce you to the guy that multiplies food. Can I get an amen? Okay. All right, number one, we're starting. How, how am I doing? Okay. Uh, the first step in hearing God's voice is this. You have to believe that he speaks to you. Now, I know a lot of people that believe that God speaks, but they're like, but, you know, God, it's just, God never talks to me. You know, I just don't hear God. And then they'll start telling me all of these things that have happened to them, and I'm like, yeah, that's God. That's God. He's talking to you. Or they'll tell me about a vision, or they saw this picture, or they did, you know, and I'm like, no, mm -mm, not you. Again, it's God. So a lot of times what happens is that we've got to develop this thing called our spiritual muscle. Did you know there's such a thing? 
So, in America, we'll spend stupid money going to college so we can get extra dumb. Sorry. <laughs> I put a lot of kids through school, so I can actually speak to this. <clears throat> so, you can just get uh, programmed by Marxist teachers. That's basically what happened to all of my children. Um, I love all my online viewers. Um, we spend that money and we spend that time to get educated, right? And if we want to get in good shape, we go work out. So we, we spend our time trying to develop different skill sets when, in fact, this right here is the one and most important skill set that we need to really prosper. And, and I, I, look, I'm all for, in fact, I'm about to go through, hopefully, uh, some training myself on, on uh, mentoring and hiring mentors and learning the most you can about things, which is good. But, but the, the God of the universe, who is your teacher, your counselor, um, um, your, your provider, your helper, seriously, has the answer to and the solution to every need, every problem, every, so, everything that you need in your life, everything. He knows where he's going to take you, and he knows how to get you there with the least amount of resistance. Amen? So you have to believe, but you got to take the time in order to do that. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but you really have to believe that he talks to you and you're going to have to repent if you don't believe. And you're going to have to trust him even though you don't have the experience yet. When I was first learning to pray, he told me he wanted me to start out of prayer and I was like, what? And my kids used to call my prayer life a nap. Mom's going to pray. <laughs> because after five minutes of begging him for stuff that I needed so that I could live the comfortable American lifestyle, uh, that got kind of boring, and um, I'd fall asleep. So, you have to believe, period. The second step is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, there are two baptisms. I don't know if y'all knew that. I'm sure you do. Two baptisms. One is of water and one of the spirit. The baptism of the spirit really is the baptism of power, and it illuminates your eyes so that you can see at a deeper level in the word. It, it, it brings, it takes information, and it turns it into revelation. Okay, so everything gets activated in our spirit to join with his spirit so that it makes life a lot easier. Um, Acts 19, 3 through 6, Paul was talking to uh, a lot of the new um, uh, disciples. And so he was talking to a man who had been teaching others about, the, the, about Jesus and the baptism of John. And so Paul asked him this question because he was asking him, uh, what baptism? And so let's read it. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, 
John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him whom would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with new tongues and prophesied. This baptism actually brought about a revival in that community that they were with. All of a sudden, people, not only were they hearing the gospel, but they began to experience the good news. So the good news came through these disciples now who were newly baptized in the Holy Spirit. They began to heal the sick, cast out demons, and prophesy. And so a revival broke out, and many were added to the kingdom in that day. Because God didn't come just with word alone, but he came with power. Jesus came to demonstrate that for us. This third step is uh, basically uh, to clear your schedule. Very practical. So when the Lord first came to me and said, I want you to pray, and I said, Lord, I need you to teach me to pray because I don't know how to pray. And that's a really good thing to ask him. Teach me to pray. And I'm telling you, if you ask him that, Lord, will you teach me to pray? He is running in. He is sending angelic help because a lot of us need it, right? Okay. I did. So uh, the Lord told me when he wanted me to pray and how many hours in a week he wanted me to pray. So he started me off on a very intense prayer schedule. He said, I want you to pray 12 hours a week. I want you to pray four times a week three hours in each segment. And I'm like, three hours? Okay. So I did it. Excuse me. And um, I can tell you that those three hours were hard. I, I, the first three months of those three hour segments were um, pretty dry, but it wasn't because of God. It was because of me. And um, when I say I have loud flesh, I am telling you it did not die quietly. (laughs) I did sleep through a lot of that, but that's okay. Because the important thing is faithfulness. The important thing is that you show up. And God can do a lot with your yes. And if he can do that with me, if he can show up, because what happened is after being faithful and continuing to do this, the God of all of the universe began to come. And you know how you experience in the corporate setting these these encounters and the presence of the Lord and you're feeling it and you're, you know, just the manifestation of that. It's so beautiful. Well, just for me and just for you, he will come in that same measure. And all of the sudden, like at my three-hour segment, my third hour of the three hours, he started showing up. And we started having these encounters. And, and he would begin to talk to me. Now, it, listen, it's not that I didn't hear him before. Because I did hear God's voice before. But I didn't know him. 
And it was in this time that I was not only sharpening my ears, but I was sharpening my understanding and the knowledge of who he was, who he is, and who he is going to be. He is the eternal God. And so <clears throat> he trained me in this. And now I can tell you it's my favorite thing to do, and I look forward to it every day. Um, so my schedule. Let me tell you something about being a disciple. A disciple is a disciplined person. And if you don't plan your schedule, then you will fail to achieve the very things that God has called you to do. You have to tell your time what to do. My time is scheduled out every 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes of every day, my time is scheduled out. And the Lord will then, after one season, he'll change up my schedule. But I submit my schedule to him and say, what you, how are we going to do this? this how, what is this going to look like? And he tells me the most important thing that goes on my schedule, number one, is my prayer time. And that is non-negotiable 100% for the rest of my life. I will not, that, nobody, nobody, I don't care if you're President Trump, you're not getting in on that time. So, Put in your schedule your prayer times first. How many hours a week? And then put your, when you're, I find it's first thing in the morning. I find it's first thing in the morning. When, when the sun is rising up, he said, your mercies are new every morning. And that basically they found scientifically that your brain sprouts new, new um, something. What is it? Centurites? Dendrites, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that. It's science. It sprouts that thing where a new thought you can start. That's why he says your mercies are, my mercies are new every morning. Actually, that thought, as you feed that thought, that thought will begin to determine your day. And so you can actually, through prayer and through the word and, and getting it out of your mouth, again, speaking it out loud. I'm very loud prayer. Prayer. Anyway, all right, you get the point. All right, moving on. Number four, um, you have to clear the busyness of your soul. So, again, the reason why in the beginning, it, I was in the third hour when I began to experience God because I have a very loud soul life. What does that mean? I got a lot going on up here. It may be different for men. Men are very singularly focused. They can, like, they, they operate in one zone. Women have, like, 10,000 going on in their brain at the same time. So whenever I would get quiet, and still to this day, whenever I get quiet, all of a sudden, everything I've never thought of or wanted to think of comes popping into my brain. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to pray, you know, and it's like a laundry list of everybody I haven't sent emails to. You know, you hear me, right? Okay, so what you have to do is a brain flush. So these things are necessary. You've got to write down until you're done. You don't try to pretend that's, not, that's going to go away because guess what? It doesn't go away. And then you get into fear thinking, oh, I'll forget this. So I need to do it right now. No, 
you write it down. Okay, here you write it down, everything. You may have a list of 100 items. That's usually my average, you know. So whatever it is, until you're done, it could take 30 minutes. But make sure, and you'll get better at this. That 30 minutes will become 15 minutes. So once all of that is gone, now you can begin to enter into that oneness with the Holy Spirit, which is what you're looking for. You are looking to come together with him in a very uh, real way. Okay, I'm going to move this on. All right, the fifth step, this is what I do. I, um, I start off by just thanking God for who he is and what he's done for me. I remember all that he did and and just thanking him, entering into his gates and with praise and thanksgiving, um, his courts. And, and, and it helps me to get out of my own thinking and my own needs. And a lot of times what I have to do is I have to quiet my soul by speaking to my soul and commanding it to worship the Lord. David did this. In Psalm 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Now, he's speaking to himself who forgives all your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He's speaking to his own soul. The Lord crowns my soul with tender mercies and loving kindness. And so he's, he's speaking to his, own, his, to his mind, his will, and his emotions, and he's bringing them into alignment to God. And so also during this time, I also uh, will pray in tongues, and that helps. That's like, a, that's like cheating, almost. <laughs> you start praying in tongues, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I love it. I pray in tongues all the time. I love, I love my prayer language. If you haven't uh, received the gift of tongues, I encourage you to um, get prayer for it. And I also encourage you in this. Um, here's the thing about tongues. When I got tongues, somebody prayed over me and they said, okay, I'm going to pray the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They prayed that over me. And um, they were said, you know, do you want the gift of tongues? And I was like, I don't know. Do I? And they said, yeah, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I want all that God has for me. And tongues is like, again, it gets us there faster. It's a place where we pray, where we don't know what we're praying, but he gives us the words that we can be praying. It, is, it strengthens our inner man. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. Okay. So what I did, now you don't have to do this, but this is what I did. This person that I was with said, just start saying, making vowel sounds. Just make a noise. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what you're saying. They said, like, ba 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 ba. Now, I was an executive <laughs> who ran a company. I'm like, what? You want me to say ba 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 ba? 
So Samuel was a baby, and when I would be rocking Samuel to bed at night, I would be like, yeah. So um, it never really went beyond that until I went to a Chuck Pierce conference. Yeah, and, um, and he said, okay, everybody pray in your prayer language. And so under my, under my breath, you know, everybody's like, you know, and, you know, there were flags and dancing and lions. You know, I'm practically lions walking across the stage. <laughs> that place is wild. <laughs> so I just, my ba 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 came out. I was hoping nobody would hear me, and so I'm ba ba ba. And all of a sudden, wind came flooding out of my mouth, and it was like I got uncorked, you know. It was like a champagne bottle. It just came flowing out of me. It was like, praise Jesus. And it was so wonderful, and I was like, I've got it. I couldn't get it to stop. It was beautiful. So, look, if you need to ba-ba-ba-ba in your quiet time, you know, give God something to land on. I mean, honestly, I was willing to be foolish, and that's how much I desired that gift. So he was probably like, somebody send an angel down to help her. <clears throat> All right. Um, the sixth step is listening. Um, you know, God's got a lot to say. And it's good that we, once we get in that place and you feel the Holy Spirit come, it's just like, Father, talk to me about this. And here's what I've learned over the years, and this is a key to answered prayer, okay? Okay. He says you don't need to ask me what you need, right? So he, I, he already knows what you need, okay? He already knows what you need. You need to ask him about how to bring a solution or an answer down. What do you want me to say over this need? right? You don't go to Warren Buffett, who let's say you happen to have a meeting with every morning and say, I need money, I need money, I need money, I need money. No, you say, tell me about how to maximize my investments, right? So you've got the God of the universe who knows everything about you. He knows where he's taking you. He knows how to get you there. You just need to ask him the how and the what. What do you want me to do about this? How do you want me to do it? Right? And so you begin to just say, you know, teach me your ways, God. Or if you're in pain, comfort my heart. And you get real. What that person said really hurt me. I mean, here's the thing, the beauty about prayer and the beauty about learning his voice. You don't have to be an adult in that place. You get to really be vulnerable and talk to him like, you, like you're a child. Say, I just really need your help about this. It really hurt my heart. Can you talk to me about that? Can you give me your heart on it? And once he gives you his perspective on whatever it is, betrayal, heartache, pain, all of a sudden it lifts off of you. <clears throat> Amen? <clears throat> so what he's got to do is he's going to give you prophecy for your situation. Um, he will tell you about what you need to say or what you need to do in your life. 
And it could be nothing, you know. It could be he just wants to enjoy you for that day. It's different every day, which is the beauty of it. Um, so here are five ways that you're going to hear from him. Number one, his voice will come through his word. Number two, his voice will come as a booming voice in your mind. And a lot of times we think it's us. We're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't God. Especially when it's number three, the still small voice. And you get this impression and you're like, that's me. Well, trust me, when you are in a place of prayer and you've submitted yourself to the Holy Spirit, you're having an encounter with his presence, it's not you. You're in the glory realm. You just got kicked out of that place. You don't get to participate in that. It's him. He's taken you captive in that place in order to bring his glory to your life and to your mind. <clears throat> so then you got to trust that what you heard is true. And y'all have heard me say this before. I would rather be accused of believing too much than not believing enough. And so some people are like, oh, I don't know, Tracy, that seems pretty wild. And I'm like, I know. I don't care. I'm going for it. And I would rather be wrong in believing too much than to be right in never even taking the chance. Because that's not faith. Right? And I know my God, and he's going to be like, look at her out there. I really didn't say that, but look at how, how much she's believing. I mean, really. <laughs> he's not going to be like, oh, you're going to be cursed. No. He's going to be like, Let's, let's back her up on that. That's what he did with the prophets in the Old Testament. Come on. All right. <clears throat> Number four, the voice comes as an impression. Like you're like, I've got this impression. And the more sensitive and the more this muscle builds, the more sensitive you're going to be to these things where you're like, ooh, wait, I'm feeling something. And you're going to go with the way that you feel, okay? But we've got it. Look, I'm telling you, we are, we are fastly approaching some really crazy times, and we got to get this part down. We're going to the school of the prophets here, and everybody needs to get in school, okay? No masks required. <laughs> Number five, his voice, come, his voice comes as words written on your heart means this. Former words that you've had, dreams and visions. So a lot of times the Lord will say, you have just entered this that is that that I spoke of and gave you a dream of. He'll bring back dreams from like 2006, 2007, 2011, and he'll, just, he'll bring them to my remembrance. And all of a sudden it will quicken in my heart that I know that what he's saying, I'm in that moment. He talked to me about this five years ago in a dream. And sometimes it's so accurate that the surroundings that I'm in, when he brings the impression back to me, are exactly the surroundings from the dream. It's crazy, man. But we've got to write all this stuff down, and we've got to be good at being scribes and keeping his word. All right, the seventh step. Now, as you become adept at this, you become really good at it, what you're going to do is you're going to start taking it into the marketplace, right? You're going to be like, hey, I'm just feeling just like Lindsay does. What does she do? She's like, where's the darkest place in this city that I can go? Let's go there. And I'm telling you, if you want to practice, go to some place that's hard. 
because God loves the brokenhearted. And he will show up with the widows and the orphans. And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm Sean Bolt. Whatever, I just got your telephone number. But that kind of stuff is going to start to happen as we go out, okay? You can learn a lot more about this by, of course, getting my book, God's End Time Temple. Shug. All right. So how do you know if it's God who's talking? You will bear witness to the truth because God will never, ever, ever, ever say anything that goes against his nature in his word. God is a God of love. God is a God of mercy. He's kind. You know, the things that he's called us to do is to live in meekness. I, I've, uh, you know, I'm on social media, and so I post some things that, I pray a lot on social media. If you really want to make people manifest, pray for them on social media, okay? So uh, somebody posted something recently, and, you know, I had all of these thoughts go through my mind about um, their um, Marxist agenda and, um, and the things that they were saying, you know, uh, that I wanted to reply. How many of you have done that? Like, you write it out, and you're like, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> And so what I'll do is I pray for them. And, I, and I, 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 I do their name, you know, the little at sign with their name. And I'll say, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would encounter them with your love. The love of your son, would you captivate their hearts? Father, I pray that the truth of heaven. God, I pray that you would save their wife and baptize her in the Holy Spirit. Whatever. The Holy Spirit leads you to do. <clears throat> and if you do that, of course, then you get on their stream. And everybody that's there with them can see your reply. Oh, boy. And then you get some real doozies. And they will, you know, you don't know Jesus. You are. And they start telling me who Jesus is in all of their whatever. Very flowery conversation. And I just, again, I'm like, oh, somebody knew I can pray for him. So I'll hashtag them. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would encounter, plop their name, with your love. I pray that you would break in. I'm not kidding you. And then somebody else, and then it just goes on and on. And I'm telling you, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> so again, the nature of God is to reply with humility and meekness and say, not only am I going to go to low, but I am going to pray for your salvation right now as you're cussing at me because that is exactly what Jesus would do. Amen? All right, so let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you that hearing your voice is critical in this hour and that you are giving, you are taking us, God, and you are to the school of your prophets, that you are telling us that that. You are quickening this. I hear the Lord say, I am quickening this in this hour, that if you will give me your yes, then I will quicken your ears and your eyes. Go ahead and stand for me. And so right now, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you uh, anoint? I just release an anointing over your eyes and your ears that you can hear and see to the fullness of, of God, to the fullness of what God wants to say and what he wants to do in your life, 
that you would see the mysteries, you would hear the treasures of his heart. And I thank you for it, God, and what you're doing in this generation, that you have said that this will be the people that will see your return and who will even hasten it because of their cry for your coming. God, I thank you that you are educating us about how to tap in to these glory realms. And I don't say that. I'm telling you this. I'm not saying these things to use religious jargon. There is a glory that is coming upon his church like has never been seen before. And there are people in this house and in this room that will be vessels of glory that he is raising up. And so I thank you. Release your glory into these vessels this morning, God. And I bless you as you go out this week. Be strengthened by might. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.